Hey, it's Grant. Before the show starts today, I want to tell you about Hangover Destroyer. Hangover Destroyer is the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you like to drink at night and be able to think in the morning, one shot of Hangover Destroyer lets you have all the fun and no side effects. Go to Hangover Destroyer's website, that's hdestroyer.com, write happy hour in the coupon code, and get 30% off your order of Hangover Destroyer and seize the dawn. Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com, brought to us today in part by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare, if they're a dog, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. And for those people, if that's you, you can get loving care when you're not there from Petite Pet Care. Check them out at PetitePetCare.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than, we're all New Orleans in a bar. In this case, we're at Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is a restaurant and a bar serving handcrafted food and spirits where Chef Kevin White puts fine dining into a sandwich. And if you think that's just some sort of bullshit slogan, Chef Kevin White, who's right over there, was a chef with Mario Batali in New York City before he moved to New Orleans and opened Wayfair. And he really does put all his fine dining skills into making sandwiches, believe it or not. He makes over 35 different kinds of mayonnaise of his own and cures his own meat behind that glass back there. It looks like a recording studio of meat. Check them out. They have a three-hour happy hour every day here from 4 to 7 where the bartenders make awesome drinks as well. So here we go. My special guest, who's the best-looking people we've ever had, thank you, Grand Papanti, on happy hour. Check our, our photos out on Facebook and also on our website. It's neworleans.com. Rob Steinberg is here. Hello, Rob. Hello. Hello. Johnny Ray is here. Hello, everyone. Robin Barnes is here. Hello. And the fabulous Pat Casey is here as well. Hello. Hello. Let me tell you a little bit about each of these people. Rob Steinberg is a New Orleanian who may be better known in Hollywood than here at home. Rob is an actor, a writer, and a producer who started out in the music business working with Bob Marley, War, and the Scorpions, among others, before a near-fatal car... Is this true? Yes. Before a near-fatal car accident had him reassess his life and give up backstage rock and roll to take center stage as an actor. Really? Really? Who was driving? I was driving. Oh, shit. What happened? Well, I was driving down the street, and some car was coming... A truck was coming north, and they were a little drunk, and they crossed the double yellow line, and we went head on into each other. This is in New York City? Yeah. Do you remember it? I do. Like it was yesterday? Well, it was 27 years ago, but like... But do you was, remember like a horrible I sensation? do. I remember smashing into them and everything going gray, and I thought, oh, going gray, that means I'm about to pass out. But then I realized, no, it was the windshield that was all shattered. So, um, wow. you know, I, I tried to get out of the car, but my leg was broken, and I couldn't get out of the car. What was the pain factor like? It, it was pretty bad when the bones and the femur were flicking off of each other. Ah. So they carried me to the side of the road. This is actually not bad. They carried me to the side of the road, and I'm Who sitting... Who was they? You know, the people who hit me, actually. <laughs> they were, they were in a truck. They were in a truck. I was in a Subaru, so it was pretty, right. pretty bad. Carried me to the side of the road, and there was this, um, this gay Puerto Rican guy who uh, was trying to like take care of me, and he's looking at me because you know my my face is all cut up and I'm bleeding. And you could just, tell he was gay, even though you're dying. Well, he, he was. He, 
You've got pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he was like, "Oh my God, your face! Oh my God, somebody get me a towel! Somebody, <laughs> I want to wipe your face. Take off your shirt. I'll wipe your face." I'm like, "Listen, I'm uh, injured. I'm not gay. I'm not taking off my shirt." So. <laughs> Needless to say, they, uh, he was not too helpful, but the uh, emergency medical unit that came by, fortunately, was. What did you have, apart from the broken leg, nothing else? Broken femur. It's a big broken bone. That so when I'm bad. lying on the sidewalk, my foot's pointing in the wrong direction. Oh, my God. And the emergency medical crew, they're like, so I said, where are you taking me? They're like, we're taking you to Bellevue. Which is the mental hospital. Right. That's what wow. I said. Because if people our age <laughs> know Bellevue is like an insane asylum. Right. And I'm trying to tell them I'm not insane. You know, which is, but when you say you're not insane, that means you're insane. So I'm like, well, Bellevue is a fine establishment, but I'd prefer to take, if you take me to Beth Israel, my people, you know? They said, we have to take you to Bellevue. I said, why? Did you have insurance? I did. So the best shock trauma unit in the city. I said, do I look like I'm going through shock and trauma? And they said, yes. I'm like, okay, take me to Bellevue. (laughs) What what label were you working for at the time? Uh, I was working with Lieber Krebs Management. And uh, it was a private, wasn't, they were, we, we, most of our stuff was with Mercury Polygram. Were you Bob Marley's manager? No, not Bob Mar- My father was Bob Marley's attorney and I did some work for the estate. So well, I that's knew- a sentence I've never heard before about the rest of you all. My father was Bob Marley's attorney. Right. Wow. Yeah. Did you get to meet Bob? And I did, many times. Did you smoke pot with him? I did. Wow. Okay. You are my official hero. Okay. I smoked pot with Bob Marley. But Grant, there's, wow. other, there's other people here. Yeah, okay, yeah. let me move on. I haven't finished this, though. Anyway, so if you'd like to know about why Rob's here, he's been in a bunch of TV shows from Melrose Place. Well, now we're on the Heather Locklear conversation. <laughs> to The Bold and the Beautiful and has appeared in nearly 30 movies alongside such luminaries as George Clooney, Denzel Washington, Jennifer Jason Lee, and others, including a pivotal role in the Oscar-nominated 12 Years a Slave. Oscar-winning. Oscar-winning. That's right. And, as, and you played Gandalf the Wizard in the fabulous Hunger Games parody, The Starving Games. Okay, that's a fucking great movie. Before you, have you seen that movie? Uh, Robin, have you seen that movie? Oh, every night. I watch Can it last. Can I say something about The Starving good. Games? Johnny Ray. The yes. fact that um, Rob's one of my good friends and I'm... Wanted to watch and you support You guys are him. friends. And I, and I started watching this, and yes. I turned it off before Rob's scene. <laughs> so I've never actually it off? seen I've Rob's scene it, in the I've movie. watched it twice. I've turned it off before my scene. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought it was awesome. Have you seen it, Rob? No, I haven't. It's better than The Hunger Games. Really? The Hunger Games is very depressing. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, it's got uh, every cliche in the world in it, and it's all fucked up on purpose. Like, they cut from something to some other thing. It doesn't make any sense. You know, mostly 11-year-olds like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's who it's aimed for. Right? Aimed at. Yeah. I think it's in the dollar bin at Walmart right now if you oh, want to get it Robin okay. it's well, just there's know. like thousands of budget. them that's expensive a dollar <laughs> yeah that's a little bit much you could probably get it wholesale if you know somebody in it <laughs> Rob also produced the feature films Resolution and In a Dark Place and co-wrote a children's TV series called Posy Pants in which he also played the part of a talking pigeon okay I think that's true in his spare time Rob's a stand up comedian and has performed on stage at the Improv in Los Angeles and Second City in Chicago dude this is like a star day here at Happy Hour you should have started with the rest of us first I'm just saying really you think it sounds like you're like nothing compared to that I mean I didn't write a children's book was it it's, was pantyhose it, what it, it's called <laughs> it's not a book it's a TV series and it's it's got, called, it doesn't it's have pantyhose it's, in called, it. it's a talking pigeon <laughs> It was called Posy Paints. Oh. Paints, no, not pants. No, 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 no pants. Okay, here's Will Roll. I can't believe it says that here. Does it really? Did I misread that? Posy Pants, it says, right? Well, I didn't, you know, that sometimes. Posy Paints, uh, okay. Paints, yeah. Okay, that's a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was designed to teach children about art. Ah, yeah. through the eyes of not, a talking pigeon. Not, 
not, not teach children not about parents. about pants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about There's that. A six part series teaching children about pants. Uh, that's yeah. a good idea because you know when you graduate from school, you need to know about how to buy a pair of pants. Yeah. Who teaches you that? Right. Or you know what are knickers? What are mm-hmm. uh, you pantyhose? Know, pantyhose. Pantyhose. Do you wear, yeah. Robin, do you wear pantyhose? That is private. Well, that's what I'm asking you. How else would I know? I don't know. I need to check out the TV series so I can know how to put on the panties and the pants. Posy pants. It'll teach With you the talking pigeon. Talking pigeon. Well, the talking pigeon is tr- that bit is true. Is that right? You were a talking pigeon. I, I played the pigeon. So there's a talking pigeon and it's... Well, how kids have got to get interested in that somehow, I suppose. And pigeon is... Yeah, you know, it's a cute little funny bird. And yeah. the bird, you know, is t- t- telling kids about paint and the different lines and shapes and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it didn't do very well, the series. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it on? Like PBS or something? Yeah, PBS. Well, who watches PBS? Nobody, right? Children. Kids, do they really? Because it's, like it's got the thing with the talking other bird, the big yeah. bird on it. The big bird, Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame Street. Yeah. So kids are like, they like talking birds. They love birds. Right? Hey, Johnny Ray's here as well. You guys know Yay! each other apparently, so that's good to yeah, know. Yeah, I thought we'd never get to me. Johnny Ray has <laughs> been on the show before. Welcome back. It's good Thanks to have you back. Me. Johnny's the owner and operator of the original New Orleans Movie Tour Company, a business dedicated to educating the world about the cinematic history of the city that now produces more feature films than practically anywhere on earth, and believe it or not, that's here in New Orleans. Johnny moved here to New Orleans from Connecticut six years ago and never looked back. NOLA Movie Tours is a bonafide New Orleans tourist sensation with national media coverage from the BBC to the Washington Post and over 40 pages of online rave reviews. How many did you pay for all those? 40 pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my grandmother wrote some. That I didn't nice. pay for them, though. Yeah. Where does she live still? Uh, Florida. She, she's, she's a grandmother. Yeah, everybody so knows. she moved to Our Florida. Our grandparents live in Florida. But your grandparents do too? Yeah. No, my grandparents yeah. are dead. Don't gone. ruin the story. <laughs> okay. well, I, think, I think my dead grandparents ruined the story. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Florida, Johnny, are your grandparents? Uh, they're in Barefoot Bay, the East Coast, East Central. Yeah. Is it nice there? I mean, do they have a condo we could go stay in? At yeah, they've got a golf cart. I mean, what <laughs> they're more do you golf cart. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's it like there? Um, in the most polite way I can put it. You don't have to be polite. There's no re- reason to be polite. Cause what, what are they going to listen? So you've never been to Florida? I've never been to the sort of retirement. I've been to the Gulf Coast, anywhere we all go to the beach. Oh, like... like Destin and Destin, that, that area. Like the Redneck Riviera type mm-hmm. thing. But I've never been around the band past Panama City. Where the, you know, all really? The reti- no. Well, we're going to go. Would, you have, would you have gone there if your grandparents went? No. No, never. No. So no. what was the first time you went? First time I went to see my grandparents. It mm-hmm. was the last time I went to see my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's been a while. Let's just say it's been a while. It's beautiful. You, just, you don't go visit them? <laughs> no, cricket, but it's not very nice. Pack your bags. Oh, We're man. going on a guilt yeah, trip. Yeah, come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, man. Do they live at the beach? Man. Yes, they live at the beach. Yeah. Okay, well, how bad could that be? It's right Florida. There. Why would you live like inland if you lived in Florida? Well, that's, that's well, my well, question. They live I at the beach. Know. You're related to them. Do they have a spare room? Mm, yes. Why the hell wouldn't you go? Because all they do is sit there and kind of stare at, you know, but you don't dolphins d- but all day You long. can go and go for a swim and no. smoke weed and all that. No, right? you can't. What? But with all, all other older people? I'm young, Grant. I'm yes, but you can know. still go to the beach by yourself, can't you? <sighs> you have to hang out with your grandparents. But your grandparents don't want to hang out with you all day. They're normal people. <laughs> yeah, they have to have, they're they have old. They, old. They have yeah. to have dinner at 2 o'clock. They do. That's the early bird special, right? <laughs> But the greatest part about visiting my grandparents, once last time I was there, the one time I was there, yeah. we were driving home from looking at some manatees or whatever they do down there, and my grandfather's sitting in the front seat, and my grandmother's driving, and he looks at her, and he's like, when we get home, I think I will have some tea and some pie. 
And it's so great. She gets home and she serves him tea and pie. It's like such a good life, you know. Those. That sounds you know, great. I need to find a woman where I can just drive around town and be like, you know, when I get home, I would like some beer and some pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it just <laughs> magically it's going to appear without asking, without saying anything nice. Is that just your grandparents or is that a generational thing? Uh, it's a generational thing. thing. But we're going yeah. to kind of kind of kind of bring that back. Yeah. You think you could find a woman who would do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, what do you have to be? Wealthy? No. Just good looking. Just handsome. Just good looking. That's all it takes. Pretty much. Uh, okay. you won't, well, you won't be eating. So not only does Johnny Ray uh, do all those things you talk, we talked about, he also hosts a contemporary jazz show on the local radio station, WWOZ. Okay, now this, this has got to be bullshit, right? That's the next thing I'm going <laughs> to read here. <laughs> what? That Did I'm you? a DJ at OZ? No, that much I know Every. you are. That you're on, you, I have heard you on the radio on OZ. It says here, and is currently ranked as the world's number one backgammon player. Yeah. What are you, what are you looking at? Right. You're looking Anything? at... Did you miss that one? That I'm the world's number one backgammon player? And the world's number one. <laughs> <laughs> this that, is your girlfriend you brought with you. That was a little joke for my backgammon partner. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get on to say so she seems like she's pretty mad at you right now already. For that crack, yeah. for the crack about the yeah. pie. She's a little too smart for me. I don't know why she's dating me actually. Well, maybe we could ask we her. We can get to that later. Ask her that. Why are you dating him? Why, why are you dating Johnny? He's good looking. That's it. That goes a long way, apparently. It's called arm candy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just let's just go back one half sentence. And is currently ranked as the world's number one backgammon player. Hey, I would like to think I'm the world's best backgammon player. I mean, today I defeated the young lady twice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Have you ever played any national tournaments? Nope. Okay. What about it's all, international? It's all, it's all perception, anyway. No, so I'm not leaving the so country. So not you're, not, you're not the world's number one backgammon player. That's not true, as I suspected. <laughs> well, um, if, if it's on Wikipedia, is it true? Yes. There we go. Is it on, Wiki- <laughs> is it on Wikipedia? It will be later. <laughs> Grant, we need to it look that It will be up. right now, actually. You, you, put that Just on give Wiki- me five minutes. Okay. Across the table from me is the fabulous Robin Barnes. Robin, I'm sorry it's taken so long to get to you, but these guys are so handsome. Mm, age before beauty, I know. Yeah. Robin Barnes is a New Orleans singer who has been described as encompassing the soul of Etta James, the stage presence of Bruno Mars, and the heartbreak of Adele. Ooh. Hey, nice. Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> My mom loves me very much. Your mom is a, is a good writer. As well as being a commercially successful pop artist, Robin is a member of the royal family of New Orleans music. Her cousin is Dave Bartholomew. Wow. The mastermind behind Fats Domino, who wrote hits for Elvis Presley, Rookie Nelson, Chuck Berry, and many others. Well, that's true. Rob, your cousin is Dave Bartholomew. True story. He is a genius. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys who invented rock and roll. Basically. I know. Wow. That's Why am I not rich now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can I, is, he, is he rich, actually? He's happy. Did he, ma- did he make a lot of money out of all that? He must. Yeah, definitely. Kept a lot of rights to yeah, the Yeah, very much with BMI and all his legal legality rights. Mm-hmm. But he wrote all those hits. He wrote, uh, he wrote all those things that, El- that the Fats Domino sang. And mm-hmm. then Elvis covered them and all these other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess they got paid in those days. Well, I mean, uh. it may not be a huge percentage, but definitely he, he's the only reason why I made sure that all my music I own the rights to. Yeah. So right. It's a fun learning experience when your cousin's been there done that. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's... Well, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well, and the Songwriters Hall of Fame, no I believe. No pressure. Right. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, actually. And Robin, you've grown up as a member of your own family band, The Soul Ears. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Robin's debut solo recording is called Me. It's available on her site, robinbarnesmusic.com. 
And on the usual sites where digital music can be streamed and stolen. You can see Robin live around town at her regular weekly swanky gigs at the Windsor Court and the Hotel Montleon. Yeah. That's where you're playing these Fancy schmancy. That fancy is fancy schmancy. So you're there every week? Yep, every Friday. And what sort of stuff are you doing? Not the stuff on your record. No, no. For there, I usually do a lot of set um, jazz standards. And then as the night goes on, I get to get a little bit more funky and more high energy. It depends on the crowd. Though. As the night goes on at the Windsor Court, would they get crazy there? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, goes on, what goes on late at night of the Windsor Court? Who stays there, actually? Uh, well, Beyonce was there for a while. Did she sit and watch you play? I wish. I kept missing her. Right before I would start, she just left. And right before I start, I'm about to leave, she's coming in. That and Justin Timberlake. Coincidence? Justin Timberlake didn't get to see you either? No. Well, who has? Billy Joel has. Really? Um, what did he think? was that? Max Weinberg? Max Weinberg. Max Weinberg really from cool. the Bruce Springsteen. Except he mm-hmm. wanted to talk to my bass player the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Pat Casey is here, who who is Robin's bass player. Why did Max Weinberg want to talk to you? Um, well, he came and checked out our uh, set, you know, and, and was uh, um, really cool and interested in the music and, and uh, had some nice things to say about all of us really so mm-hmm. but he was oh. but he was particularly <laughs> attracted to you as a person or your playing uh, <laughs> <laughs> no no my playing he, he thought I uh, sounded like James Jamerson and West Montgomery he said so uh, West Montgomery is a guitar player he is yeah I played, uh, played electric bass, like bass on, wow. that, on that particular night so That's see you gotta come to the show huh we huh? need to come check it out that is very complimentary <laughs> yeah hey do you want to play something right now the yes, two of you. Seeing we have this giant double base here that you lugged all yeah. the way from. So where do you live? Uh, I live in the Lower Garden District. So you must have a pretty big car, I guess, to get that. I do. What do you, I, what I do you drive around? Have, I've got a, uh, a downsize from an Explorer to a, to a crossover, like a Nissan Rogue, you know, so. That's as small as you can get, though. This That's thing is yeah, huge. So have nine. you ever thought about playing something smaller? Uh, yeah, every day. Every <laughs> day. <laughs> do you? Yeah. you wish I was a harmonica player or I really a do. Singer? I really do, you know. Uh, electric bass, though, is a little more manageable, so I play that on a lot of, on a lot of gigs as well. What so. made you bring this one today, this giant thing? It's um, like six feet tall, more I than six feet tall. Yeah, I just thought, you know, it's nice with uh, just just vocals and bass. Mm. You know, it's a good upright bass. It's already shaped like a woman, you know. it's. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> wait, I got questions, though. Are you dating your bass? <laughs> yeah, Rob, you have a no, question no, about... It, no, it's... it's uh, it's shaped like a woman. That's right. Two girls, one <laughs> guy kind of thing. Yeah. Well, is there anything sexual out. about the kind of instrument that people choose to play? Um, like a cello, for example. Yeah. You think I so? Mean, you think I there's think a sexual so. component in that? I like, think there's. I think all music has a sexual component to it. I'm pretty sure. But as a musician, you're attracted to a particular instrument because of some sort of sexual issue. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> your uh, bass looks bass like a woman. You said it, not me. But bass bass players do it deeper, you know, and that's that's all there is to it. Okay. Have you got a bumper sticker that says that? Uh, <laughs> no, I actually don't. I should come. I should really uh, copyright work on that. that. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the other instruments that you could choose to play in this sexual component, like mm. wind instrument, for example? The fl- fl- flute. 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 What does that oh, tell you? Well, yeah. that's been likened to. Uh, they they call it skin flute occasionally. Which is which is what. Um, <laughs> the male male genitalia, <laughs> the penis. <laughs> That's what it is. How do you? Okay. Are we allowed to say penis? Well, yeah, you can say that. It's okay. I th- penis. Okay. Just just don't Good. show it. Just don't say take it, like, it out. Say it like a pigeon. Say it all day long. Hey, look at my penis. <laughs> <laughs> pigeons. I don't know what genitalia pigeons have. Do you? Did you have to find out anything about pigeons? 
No, I knew it was a male pigeon. I didn't, and it was an <laughs> animated pigeon, so we weren't drawing <laughs> cock and balls on the, <laughs> on the on pigeon. The, on the pigeon yeah. Right. What about a mustache or anything? Uh, there was a moment where the pigeon uh, spoke in a French accent, so I think there might have been a beret and a little mustache. Okay, now I've never asked anyone this. Can you speak like a pigeon with a French accent? Uh, oui, oui, monsieur. Um, the pigeon, and uh, I like baguettes. Okay, <laughs> that is pretty good. So can you do a bunch of other accents as well? Not right now necessarily, but when we come back to you. We, we've already done a gay Puerto Rican guy. Sure, you know, whatever. French pigeon, yeah. whatever. Yeah. How did you learn to do all that? You know, when I was a kid, I, just, I listened to a lot of record albums when I was a kid, uh, and I was just able to impersonate voices. Watched a lot of impersonators on Ed Sullivan and, and uh, on television. Well, all of, everybody watched the same TV, though. Yeah. I, Most I, of us can't do that. I, I tried to do it. You know, I used to be able to do Nixon and all. Oh, that's cool. I am not the, I am not a criminal. I am not a crook. That's pretty good. Yeah. What about any current people like Obama or... Uh, no pressure. Go for it. Um, I don't know. I mean, let me, let me think about it. Like, okay. You know, let's, Can't, um, but do you work on that stuff? Though? I don't really work on it. It's like if it comes to me, it comes to me. Right. But there's no call for it. I mean, I've never used it in stand-up. I've never really used it in improv. It's just sort of stuff I've, I've been able to do, you know, for friends and for voiceovers and things like that. But so you just do it for, for fun because you're... Yeah, for the fun of it. Because you're an actor. That's pretty good yeah. talent. That must be fun to be able to impersonate. Yeah, I used to impersonate teachers a lot, too, which kind of got me in trouble. Not bad. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't go down too well, probably. No, impersonating your parents. Like my father. My father has this like, heavy Philadelphia accent, and so we'd have this discussion when I was younger and I was a teenager, and he would say, I don't like your attitude. And I'd like, I don't like the way you say attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I say was one more thing about skin flutes? Yes, absolutely. I'm not sure if Pat has a beautiful skin flute or not, but he's got a great band as well. Do you not know about Pat, you have your own band? I do. I do. It's called Pat Casey and the New Sound, and we play uh, at Spotted Cat every Sunday. Okay. uh, About 10.30. And coming up in November, we're going to be playing at uh, Chicky Wawa every Thursday, and we will actually feature Miss Robin Barnes. That's me. And if you listen to this at some point, this is November 2014. That's (laughs) right. Just to be absolutely clear about that. Okay, let's take a listen to something. What are you guys going to play for us today? We're going to actually play uh, one of my pieces from the EP, Me, and it's actually called Pieces. Okay. Let's take a listen to it. Are you also a pilot, Pat? Am I also a pilot? Yeah. No, uh, but... um, Doesn't he look like... I could give it a shot. Okay. Doesn't he look like a sort of a World War I pilot with his (laughs) cap and his sunglasses and the headphones? I like it. Yeah, it's a good look. I I think they should let me fly a plane. Why not? Who's they? You can join the people that own planes. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. That's too much commitment. Okay, come on. Let's hear something. All right. Pieces. Off the EP me. Okay. You know, if you say EP me Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) really fast, uh, it's weird, you know? You know, if I I ever wrote a song, I would call it me as well. Would you? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be the the title of the album as well. Well, How would it sound? Just but then you'd be ripping off Robin. It's music. That's what happens in the business. Wait 10 years and you well, can you do can't, it. Well, you can't uh, copyright a title, I believe. So you'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Is that true, Rob? Um, I don't know. I mean, would, it, would you... I've got to pee me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to change it around a little bit. Okay, so this is a, a so bass and vocal <laughs> only, and we're sitting around a little tiny table here at Wayfair. Do you need a trumpet accompaniment? Yeah, you ready? 
With the pigeon noise, too. Oh, I gotta get the spit out of it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch my shoes. Connected to the leg bones, connected to the, the thigh bones, the hip bones. I walk strong, even when I'm so alone, and I don't know what am I gonna do. You know, if I've ever felt like professionally I do something inadequate right now, I'm like, man, that's <laughs> just so amazing. It doesn't matter whatever you can do. Uh, you it's can't never going to be that great. And just do that. Yeah. I know. That is beautiful. beautiful thank you, Robin. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. That's great. That's amazing. Good job, Pat. You know, Pat, I thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Pat, Pat congratulations, Pat. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you should have wore a blouse, Pat. <laughs> a blouse? Yeah, I would have recognized you. I would have been. So, 
so Johnny, you can say you could sit there and say you can write something, but you could never write something like that. No, and then, then it's That's too emoted though as well to you know kind of bring. I mean, you can write anything, but I mean, if you but can I mean, write is it that a true story? Yeah. And who was the demon who you fell in love with? My ex. Oh, and I was so excited because I got to sing it at jazz fest. He decided to come by, and I was just wow. like, this next song is dedicated to someone I know. <laughs> He's that, in the audience right now. Oh. And you everybody's like, said oh, that? that's so sweet. And then I finished it, and they're like, oh. ooh. <laughs> so now, is he excited that the song's about him? Or? No. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did he do? Cheated. Okay. Oh. How did you find out about it? Uh, Facebook is such oh, a fun no. thing. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? It's funny. People are like, that was right when it came out where you didn't know someone tagged you in it, but everyone else could see it. Wah, wah, wah. I mean, I'm happy. Gave me inspiration. Did you like the song? Well, the song yeah. is great. Uh-huh. You got a great yeah. song it's out worth, of it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds quite different on the record, too, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different treatment. Yeah. I didn't know. I wouldn't have thought of it like that as a sort of a, what do you call that style? Almost like a torch song. Um, yeah, it's, you know, on the album, it's definitely a little bit more soulful pop, mm. but even with the gigs that we have, there's so many songs I want to do, like we do Kanye West Heartless sometimes in my songs, but we have to break it down so the guests won't be like, what is that? And so how, how, long <laughs> how long ago did you, did you write that? When did that happen? Uh, that was about two years ago. And do you get over it? I mean, I mean, are you over the guy? Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. what happens when you have to sing the song about it? Again? You know, and does um, it all come back to you? It requires a lot of power. So it's like, you know, you just use that as kind of like inspiration to wall out, as I call it. But the, uh, there's some other songs that are a little bit more like lovey-dovey. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, love. <laughs> <laughs> but when you sing that again, I mean, we've all had our hearts broken and we've all got over these things and put them behind us to the best of our abilities. But we don't have to sing about them right. every night. Well, you know, I found out a lot of people related to it. I mean, it's one of those songs where you're in first in a relationship and that person's building up and you think it's amazing and it's you're thinking, oh, I'm becoming a better person with this person. And then as soon as they break your heart, you're like, wow, you just broke me into pieces. This mm. little stack of a badass person, you just shriveled into shreds. Like, you know, it's amazing how much music can relate to anybody. And I'm just excited how many people actually do relate to it. Mm. And the only reason that, that he cheated on you is because he wanted to have sex with somebody else. <laughs> really? Oh, you is know that, him? That, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason. That's the only reason all this fell apart. No, um, actually, the relationship fell apart because it wasn't. He wasn't getting enough attention. Uh, he hadn't dated a musician before, and mm. he didn't realize. You know, I love you, but you work during the day, and I work at night. Yeah, so that's difficult. Wah, wah. So, who are you dating now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't know who would who would know that. I mean, some people know. <laughs> um, I'm sure we can go on Facebook and find out. Oh, maybe no. we could. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sounds like Facebook. Facebook has it all. Not my Facebook. You Someone sta- else's Facebook. You stay has off it. of Facebook now. My personal life. Definitely. Yeah. How well, how do you do that? Um, I post everything, but my personal life. So, like, my Facebook really has a lot of my family and my shows and anything that's related to me at time. But right. love life, not so much. I have stalkers. You do? Mm-hmm. Wow. Jealous. I, I'm one of them. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. How, do you, how do you know you have stalkers? What do they do? Um, well, for a, a good month or two, every week I got flowers. And it was so creepy because it wouldn't say who it was from. It would just say a lyric from a, a song I sung the week oh, prior. Boy. It was just like, um, I sing this song, A Girl From Ipanema, and it's tall and tan and young. And, and each week it would say tall and tan. The next one would be like young and lovely. And it's like... <gasps> And we still don't know who sent the flowers. No idea. No idea. I wish he left a tip, 
instead of flowers. <laughs> Give us the money well, you spent on the flowers. Well, how do you know it was he? Oh, you're oh, right. Good question. You are right. Yeah. Wow. Who would not? Man. Well, why would helped. someone do that and not eventually cash in? I don't understand crazy people. I don't know. <laughs> Is you tell me. Hmm. hmm. Is there a benign possible so answer to that? I mean, could it just be someone who likes you and... And didn't show their face or say, hey, I'm the person that did it. Yeah, I mean, Rob, most people did just you do it? You did it, Rob. <laughs> not me, you? no. I guess most people just come up to you afterwards and say, what a great show. You're awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Or, oh, my God, you're so pretty. And well, so you is, are pretty. Is Pat there wrangling the men? Is the wrangler? Are you the wrangler, no, Pat? Pat or just no? sits there and he's like, hey, how are you? He's hey, laughing. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you know what? That's a good, <laughs> like, yeah, that is a good point. Single, that yeah. is a good point. <laughs> <you're right. laughs> that is a good point you raise about being pretty, though. Does that make a difference? I mean, you've got an amazing <laughs> voice. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grant. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Rob. What did I say? You're pretty, too. You said I'm pretty and I have a great voice. Pretty in your own way. Oh, well, you, you meant that well, to oh, Robin. Sorry, I, mean, oh, I know sorry. I was looking at you <laughs> subconsciously, yeah. But I was meaning Robert. What happens? I mean, you were lucky to be born beautiful, right? I am. Thank yeah. you. So what did you say, guys? It's called the genetic lottery. I must say, you got to watch it. Your girlfriend's behind you. You're already in trouble. <laughs> But I'm that's true, though. I mean, would that, does that make it? I mean, that's got to make a difference to you as a singer, as a performer. I don't think so. You think people would send you flowers if you look like me? The only thing I get is um, a lot of people when they hear my voice, you know, they're like, "Oh, you sound so high pitch." You know, you sound like a little kid. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't expect that. We we always get people come up and go, but. You're so young. That's so cute. You know, my dad used to play bass with me all the time, and we used to be like, that's so sweet that your dad's here. That's the way you're able to be legally in this bar. <laughs> and I'm like, no, ma'am. Not I'm definitely really. in my mid-20s. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. But what it. is the story about being good-looking? Does it help you? And would, it, would you have the same career and be as popular and be able to play at the Windsor Court every week if you weren't good-looking? Uh, Johnny says no. No. Rob, really? what do you say as a super handsome actor from Hollywood? I, I think the fact that uh, she's a lovely young lady with a, with a beautiful smile and a pretty face, I think that helps. I think people want to see uh, a pretty person mm-hmm. sing. Now, if she's pretty and can't sing, she's not going to get that job either. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is my the, manager back Unfortunately, okay. she's <laughs> got both. <laughs> my new brand ambassador. That would only get you so far <laughs> being pretty. You still have to be able to deliver on it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty girls that can't sing. And there's a Some lot of... Some of them are super famous, by the way. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I think we all know who they are. Yeah. Some of them are from Louisiana. Who are you thinking of? Well, I'm thinking of Britney Spears, isn't yeah. she? Can she she's sing? She's not that pretty. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Makeup does wonders. But what happened to her, by the way? She had babies. What, did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shaved her head. Just, just doing her baby. Well, she yeah. shaved her head. That was a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not up mal- to date on my pop Oh, you got to keep up with Britney. I, I'm a gigging musician. But what happened okay. to Britney Spears? She suddenly disappeared, or is it just me? She's disappeared from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out why we're having this conversation. Well, she's in Vegas. <laughs> like, we should move right along. Okay, <laughs> we're moving on. Well, you're super handsome uh, uh, super as well. Handsome. Super handsome. You are, isn't super he? Look at I give him like yeah. slightly, not super. Okay. I would say you've got Hollywood good looks. Really? You yeah, would? I would say that. Well, what do you say? You, you, got know uh, you know, I'm going to um, forego answering that one. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Especially what? since we've been what? talking about his skin flu. <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Pat's sitting there. I don't Pat's, think there's Pat anything. just looked around the room and he's like, actually, I'm the best person at the table. Now, you're a handsome guy, right? I mean, you're in Hollywood. You have to be handsome to get part. You've no, no, over no. You've I'm, 30 I'm, movies. I'm more of a character actor. That's really? different. Yeah. Okay. What? But a really handsome character actor. Yeah. <laughs> but you can be a really not good-looking character actor. 
Like mm-hmm. there's like guys that play, you know, the plumber or whatever. Yeah, I think that. But you're not. That's that why guy. I'm not working enough. I'm just not ugly enough to be working to enough. Or good looking enough. If only you'd gone through the windshield in that car, <laughs> which I did. Just having a broken. <laughs> I kind of did actually. You did. Yeah, my head went through the windshield. Thank God you didn't, you didn't give any scars or anything. It did leave a few. If you look really close. Is that is that a scar? Yeah, right there. Yeah, I can see that actually. But that but kind of adds <laughs> to the character. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So, Johnny, let's talk about you for a minute. Shall uh, we? Are we finished with Rob? No. We're going <laughs> back to Rob. You have a question for Rob? How do you guys no, know each other? Anyway? You know, we, Rob and I kind of know each other through the music, music industry, music scene. We became friends through mutual friends. Skin flute biz? Yeah, you know. No, we, not we, the skin flute biz, John. No. Listen to the man We, talk. we never dated. We've never dated. Okay. Um, well, it's not too late. We're not yet. dead. We've had some yeah. close encounters. <laughs> um, you know, We've been yeah. naked in the same building. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, not the same room. <laughs> well, no, no, because he, he was my roommate for a little while, and when you he were? took a shower in the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. and I was in the living room not watching him shower. And he walked in right. intentionally. <laughs> you, know. you, got, you, you guys were roommates for real? Is that true? That's a whole. That's a long story. Is it a true story? I mean, it, I don't care. It, it, I don't it care if it's not. Story. It yeah, is a true we story. were housemates for a little while. Okay, how'd that yeah. happen? So you know, you know, some situations occur sometimes, and you know, things don't work out well. You have a you have a bad ex or things ex don't work situation. out. Well, so yeah, you know, he needed things, a place to things crash. Things didn't work out. And yeah. Ah, really? So you were friends before that. So it's like yeah, the odd yes, couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very odd. Yeah, but we're I guess so you could say we're music buddies. We're mu- yeah. We actually really fell in love with connection. the music scene in this city, and uh, we have a lot of friends that are in bands and a lot of friends that play and own clubs, and so. You know, we just go out and see music and, and know a couple hundred people around us. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. But it's that that's kind of town. You know, that's yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans right. has that familiarity. And if you've, I mean, I, I went to college here in 1977 81 and worked at the college radio station and, and met a lot of the artists down here and just fell in love with this New Orleans music scene and, and never let it go. Always came back every year for Jazz Fest. And now I live here. And so people like Johnny, uh, who I've really only known for about three or four years, and people like... Ivan Neville, who I've known for 35 years, I mean, we're all part of that same energy that exists here, and everybody's friendly and supportive, and it's what ex- it's what happens in New Orleans is we all we all bond over the music. So, yeah. who moved into whose house? I moved into his house. So, what I happened? had to move out. What happened? It's a long story, Graham. We have plenty After, of time. There was a woman. The woman's not there. <laughs> he needs a place to stay. She I kicked was, you out, or you left? No, I left. Was, was she it was a, a demon? Good, it was a good thing. No, she no was not. Demon. No, she's right. not. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> How long ago was it? Two years, two and a half years. Two ago, years, though? same as you, Robin. Mm-hmm. What happened? I wonder. And the stars all aligned two years ago. Oh, things things change. People change, and I think you know people evolve, and people are always changing. And um, people, people. Speaking of changing, maybe the subject would be a good one. <laughs> so, so, like so, so back like to mu- something interesting. So back to this wonderful music community yeah. we have here. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm which so, clubs I'm can you get so into for free? All Most of them. them. Yeah. But you get in for but, free to all of them. You too. Yeah. yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But the great thing about it is, okay. you know, the fact, forget the free shows, they get to spend forget time that. with great oh. musical people. It's and not get about to, free. And I get to meet my heroes and spend time with them and talk about their music. Who and are you? Talk. Who are your heroes? And one of my favorite musical moments was when I first started at OZ. I came in, I was volunteering before I started my show like five years ago. And it was Dave Bartholomew. Cosmo Matassa oh, and Dr. John came in to do an afternoon interview. I just happened to be there. And that was my first, within my first year of being in New Orleans before I had my show. And that wow. was that moment when I fell in love with New Orleans. I was like, this is such an amazing treat and special moment. And as y'all can imagine, from you, knowing those three you guys. You put yourself in that spot. 
Yeah, but still amazing. Yeah, it's still it's awesome totally regardless. Yeah. But you set out to find that. I mean, you put yourself oh. at WWOZ, which is still amazing that Dr. John, Cosmo, Batas, and Dave Bartholomew walked in all together. Yeah, I It's like the beginning of a joke, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I really put myself <laughs> into these situations or not, or this, this city kind of just takes you and throws you wherever it wants to sometimes. Well, yeah, I think you have to take some responsibility for being no, working I'm not at take WWOZ. For anything. So how did you get to be on the radio then? Um, I was volunteering, and Maurice, who's uh, in charge of the station, she does all that stuff, and she's like, you have a really nice voice. She's like, why don't you do a show? And I was like, I don't want to do a radio show. I don't, I don't do that. And she's like, you should try it. What did you want to do? You just wanted to hang out and meet people? Just, yeah, I just wanted to hang out. You know, I don't know. Do whatever it's I did. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of lost and what, what moved they, down here. What do they do at WWOZ when they have people who are not on the air? What They're would you be expected to do? Um, yeah, we're volunteering, just you know, and helping what, out. Doing what? I realize that. but uh, Producing shows. What does yeah. that entail? Like little clips, you know, like little kind of putting little pieces together, um, little interstitials, and doing you know right. the the PAs and all that stuff. Because like that's that. a whole yeah. amazing operation over there. Nobody gets paid anything. Um, there's well, a lot of people get, get paid. paid quite a bit, so I'm sure. We don't. I don't get paid. <laughs> quite quite uh, a few people get. A lot of people get paid quite really, a bit. It's a handful amount of people. I thought there would be like two or three people who got paid full time, and then everything else. I mean, you look at the staff of people who are on the air there. Yeah. Everyone else got one show a week. Yeah for a couple of hours and there's like 45 people or something. Yeah, so there's probably more unpaid employees than paid employees. But it's so. great. It's wonderful. It's a very special thing to do. And, and it's, I've met wonderful, amazing musicians from around the world and, you know, spent a lot of time and it's great. I've what had time, some fun experiences. What time are you on? You're on like at midnight. Midnight right? on Tuesday. So what do you do till midnight on Tuesday? What do I do? Yeah, what do you do? Usually drink. You start drinking. You know, yeah. I so did this by the time you get phase. on phase, I tried this phase where I wasn't having any beers before my show, and I feel like my show was just really bland. And oh, just he's so right. Blase. And I was like, <laughs> and, and the guy who does the show before me, David, he's like, you know, is it your shows are so much better when you have drinks before your show? And I was like, wow. And I listened to an old show, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep drinking before my shows. But of course, we cannot drink at the station during the shows because that'd be fringed upon. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've already been suspended from OZ twice <laughs> in five years. What did you get suspended for? Drinking on the air. No, 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 no. There's Other people were drinking on the air. T- two years during Jazz Fest, I had a bunch of people in, and Chris Royal, not to mention any names, came Chris in. Royal, with, we came with a bottle of Jameson, <laughs> and my friend Ryan Shapiro came with his dog, and Chris okay, Royal thought it would be a great idea to take a photo of this and put it on the Facebook. Oh, I thought you got the dog drunk. I was, no. thinking, I was <laughs> thinking there might be some sort of and fucking Chris the dog. Still, Chris is like, I did not do it to this very day, but he did it. So that was the first suspension. And then last year... But you're not responsible for Chris Royal and the I'm guy's dog. I'm for whatever happens in the building. You are. Oh. Uh, yes. Good to know. And then last year, I had this all-star band. We had, Cor- <laughs> we had Corey Glover from Living Color singing. Oh, wow. Um, we had Norwood Fisher from... Fishbone playing bass, Eric McFadden on guitar from P Funk, and this amazing band. This is jamming. all live in the studio live, on live, your show. Just jamming. How did you get all these guys up there? Friends of friends. It you know, guys fast. in Everybody's P-Funk, in town. Fishbone and everybody. Everybody was in town. Yeah, everybody wanted to hang out. And then one of the guys from String Cheese came in with this beautiful little jam. And How do you know these guys in Fishbone and so on? I talk a lot. How do you meet? You just hang out. It's friends of friends. We have friends in the industry. We, we go to shows. We go to, we shows. Go to festivals. A lot of we friends meet, are promoters and managers. And yeah. Are you making a point of meeting people? No. What happens is when you when well you go right. to these shows, if you know musicians and they're having conversations with other musicians and they introduce you, then you get to meet them by association. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I want to know what they're all about. And I want to talk to them. You know, there's some of my heroes growing up, and right. I want to hear stories. And yeah, I want to share. And yeah, yeah Grant, you now know a guy who smoked pot with Bob Marley. A, yeah, and oh. I know, I know <laughs> a guy whose father was Bob Back. Marley's attorney, which you, is you do know even that. just Rob. as impressive. Yeah. Frankly, <laughs> what sort of where, where did Bob get the pot from when he was in the United States? 
you know, that's kind of an interesting story because, uh, you know, Bob couldn't travel with it because everyone was looking for him to have it. So there was a guy that would advance and or follow the tour bus, um, and he was called the Herbsman. <laughs> and he, that way, if the band got stopped, the band wouldn't have anything on them, and the Herbsman was either, you know, a few miles ahead or a few miles behind. What a brilliant idea. Huh. Yeah. I'm Who guessing he was behind. Yeah, man, the Herbsman always pulling up the rear, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> him back there smoking the herb, and if I get the bond, him go down the road, and he got to get up with him. Yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, All right, now, same thing like a pigeon. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he ever get busted, the Herbs, man? Uh, there were times where, you know, they had to do without for a few minutes here and there. Yeah. yeah. They got stopped. The band got stopped on the way into Canada at one tour in, like, 1978. Um, and they didn't find anything because the herbsmen. Right, well, they're smarter yeah. than that. So tell us about that when you smoke pot with Bob. What, what happened and where are you? Well, no, I mean, it wasn't. Are you in his apartment or hotel no, room or at your place? I, I first met Bob when he came to Philadelphia to perform in 1976 uh, on the release of Rasta Man Vibration. And, um, you know, my, my dad said, come on now, we're going to go uh, watch Soundcheck. So I'm sitting there in oh the Tower goodness. Theater, it's empty. You know, a little while later, the band kind of rolls in. Someone taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around. It's Bob Marley. And uh, him go, Young Steinberg. And I go, Bob Marley. And I stand up to meet God. Because, you know, you know, back in 1976, you never saw any of your artists on TV. Or, you know, there's only three channels and, you know, an album cover that would come out once a year. So I stand up to meet God, you know. And he's, like, tiny. He's a little guy. He's, like, 5'7". And I wanted to go, look at you, you cute little Rasta man. <laughs> look at you, little Bob Marley. Like a little Bob Marley doll, you know? Yeah. So uh, he said, uh, yeah, father, tell me you like to reggae music. I said, I love your music, Bob. He goes, well, at least you come backstage, you know, in between the shows, and you tell me what you think. I'm like, uh, Bob Marley used to invite me to come backstage and, you know, Give review his show. Yeah. yeah, 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 I can do that. So anyway, the first show ends. I take my backstage pass. I put it on. I'm wandering the halls of the theater. There's no people <laughs> backstage at all. I mean, it's just like empty because it's the first show of the tour. And, you know, reggae hadn't yet become popular. Bob wasn't even that popular at the time. So I knock on a door and eventually I'm like, uh, I'm looking for Bob Marley. Uh, anybody? Uh, Bob Marley around? And I walk, in, I walk into the room and I open the door and it, the lights are out. There's like little scrims over the sheet and the smell of pot and incense and men without deodorant mm -hmm. hit me at the door powerfully. And I was like, wow, you know, that was. And I walk in and there's all this chatter going on. I'm, look, I'm looking for Bob. I'm looking for Bob. And then the room goes silent. Like, Udo White Boy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking for Bob. Bob comes over and he's like, uh, so young Steinberg. And he gives me a hug. And you know, the room goes back. Okay, he knows the kid. It's all right. And they talk. And I, uh, I, he says, what do you think of the show? And I said, Bob, we're so moved. My friends and I, we're, it's like seeing it live is so different than hearing it. And so, so much more powerful watching you act out the songs. I mean, we were all just so blown away. We we're so moved by it. And he goes, me appreciate that man. And then I reach in my pocket and I pull out a little joint. And I go, this is for you. And he goes, um, what am I supposed to do with this liquor thing here, man? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, oh, you, you take it, you put it in your mouth, you light it. I'm telling Bob Marley how to smoke pot. <laughs> you light it up and you pass it around to your friends. And he goes, me supposed to do all that with this liquor thing here. I said, yeah. He goes, wait one minute, man. And he goes back to where he was sitting and he comes back and he's got uh, a spleef. You know, literally a Bob Marley joint. I mean, it's not like long and gigantic, but it's definitely bigger than what I gave him. And he puts it in my hand, and I go, what am I supposed to do with that? And he, and he goes, uh, you take it, you put it in your mouth, you light it up, <laughs> but you don't pass it around to no one. It's your own. 
you don't feel like smoking it anymore, you put it back down. When you feel like smoking, you pick it up and light it up again. And uh, so I went back out with my friends for the second show, and they said, how was it? What was it like backstage with Bob Marley? And I held up the joint. I go, look what Bob gave me. And they're like, oh, yeah, really? And I went, yeah, but Bob said I'm not allowed <laughs> to smoke yeah. it with you. And they all looked at each other like real disappointed, but then looked at me like, well, if Bob said so, then I guess, you know, we might. <laughs> so did you smoke that? Of course I smoked it with him. It was great. Yeah, wow. I mean, okay. That's, that's an awesome story. story, I have to say. All right, now, Pat, we heard yeah. Pat Casey getting hit on by Max Weinberg. We've heard your celebrity <laughs> story. <laughs> now, Robin, it's <laughs> your turn for a good story. Brush, brush with got? fame. Well, Beyonce missed her show. Yeah, Beyonce missed it. Yeah. Justin Timberlake missed his show. Missed it. I don't know. Did Kanye miss your show, too? Max Weinberg didn't want to talk Kanye to Kanye probably her. tried to interrupt it. He was like, <laughs> oh. I know you're singing and this is your gig. And but, I'm uh, so much better than what you. What if Kanye was the guy who sent the flowers? No, they would be bigger. I've seen what he sent Kim Kardashian. I Instagram sometimes. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. What do I have? Oh, you know what? I met Aretha Franklin. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's a cool one. That was when... The fact I that Dave Bartholomew is your actual family doesn't count for anything, <laughs> even though he invented rock and roll. I mean, it's when it's your relative. You hear a lot of like, okay, make sure you do this. Okay, make sure you do that. Like with Dave growing up, you know, my whole... Rob knows. My whole family, uh, I'm one of seven kids. Six are boys. Where are you? Uh, I'm seventh. And the baby you're the girl. seventh I am, and you're a girl. I'm the girl, yeah. Wow. By what 13, a position to be in a family. Years from the sixth child. So when I came around, all my brothers were musicians. Y'all got to school to go to school for music. And my parents were like, oh, that's so cute. You can gig with the family, but you have to go to school for business. So I went to school for business, got my you master's did. in business. You got an MBA mm-hmm. from where? Uh, University of New Orleans. And is it any good to you? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the, I think that's one of the best things with even being a musician. You know, I already know how to market myself. I already know how to actually read a contract, which blows a lot of people's minds. But, you know, even with growing up with Dave, he was just like, whatever you do, make sure you own it. Hmm. You know, when I decided to put out me, um, I was talking to a lot of musicians and they're like, yeah, you know, just just put your album out, you know, and whatever happens, happens. And Dave's like, no, 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 no. You get the publications, you get your, you own the rights to that. You figure out how to get it. You need to figure out distribution, sign up with any type of ones. He was with BMI, and I was torn between BMI and ASCAP. So I freaked him out and told him I joined ASCAP when I really joined BMI. So he hugged me after that. So but BMI and ASCAP are both collection agencies. Correct. Does it matter which one you belong to? Not really. Um, it's more um, depending upon how well they're doing right now. Okay, well, there's a lot of people listening to this. Well, we hope there is. Possibly possibly there's no one. But <laughs> given that there is someone listening to this who's interested in the music business yeah. and going through the same thing you're going through, how have you, now that you have an MBA, one of the few musicians who has an MBA, how are you actually marketing yourself and getting the music out there? I think outside the box. When I first, well, How are you doing it? When I first started, um, no one would give me a gig. Everyone knew my family. Everyone knew my relatives. But they were like, well, who are you? You know, what have you done? So I started hitting up anything and everything that I knew had large uh, audience. Fashion Week in New Orleans, that was one of the first ones. I came up to them and I said, do you have a band for all your cocktail hours? And do you have anyone performing on stage in between the shows? And they were like, no. And I'm like, cool, I'll do it for free. And then okay. from that, you know, people were just like, well, who's this girl? I started getting a weekly gig from there. Started doing a lot of social media marketing. Definitely did a lot of guerrilla, of course, going to like coffee shops and doing things like that. But I always tell people, especially my age, is never wait for someone to do something for you. You have to do it yourself because everyone in this world is going to be like, well, what, 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 what is that going to do for me? You haven't done right. anything yet. <laughs> so it's pretty much it's a it's definitely a struggle 
for all artists, but you know, you have to just keep doing it. But given all that, yeah, okay. But then you make the record. Mm-hmm. You got this EP, which which is awesome, actually. Thank you. Honestly, and then how do you get that? How, I mean, whoever wrote this is jokingly said this is available where all good music is streamed and stolen, which is true. How do you get? How do you make any money out of that now? Uh, yeah. Well, do you just gigging use that as a calling card? No, no, no. Gigging a lot. Um, I try to really try to do more festivals. Festivals is where you make your most money because you have a product you can sell. Oh, you can sell that at the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can sell them at all the shows. Right. And on top of that, oh, it's my cousins. Hey. <laughs> hey, your cousins <laughs> are here. They saw Twitter. What's up, guys? <laughs> okay. No, but, um, and also, I'm really trying to look into getting my music license. That's where I'm finding out a lot of artists. That's getting it in a movie getting or in movies, a commercial. TV shows, commercials. Yeah. Okay, that, so how do you do that? That is what I'm figuring Ooh, out. Yeah. If anyone knows listening, tell me. Okay, Rob, <laughs> Johnny, you well, guys got, know they've everybody. Got, uh, they've got classes yeah, for that all the time. Here. Sure, there's a class going on right now. No, I think, I mean, look, you know. <laughs> You got to get lucky. You got to know. You, you have to really know the the people who are the music supervisors of TV shows and films, and you've got to have somebody representing you who knows those people. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, yeah. do you know someone who knows those people? Can you hook her yeah, up? Yeah, I could probably arrange something. Okay, there you go. You hear it, everyone. And it's it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, have, we have witnesses. <laughs> we have witnesses. Yeah, I saw Chris Roll in the corner of um, the French Quarter the other night. Um, he was doing a thing for NCIS New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, and they and they grabbed his song and everything. So yeah, you yeah, may you may want to contact NCIS. Go talk to Chris. Call, talk to the music department or ask Chris how he got through. Yeah. yeah. And all these films that are being made here, does that help? Rob? Well, I think look, what happens is if it's a it's a large budget movie and it has nothing to do with New Orleans and they're just using New Orleans for the tax credits, then they tend to have their own music supervisors that aren't located here, and they'll do their work either in Los Angeles or New York. So. It's difficult for local artists to get in through there. I mean, one of the greatest proponents in the city of New Orleans music was the show Treme. Mm. David Simon and Eric Overmeyer, they made sure that New Orleans was well represented. And not only that, rather than making artists do a famous song in which someone years ago stole the publishing, they would allow the local artists to do their own song so they'd be able to get the copyright synchronization and royalties right. for doing their own music. That is a chance yeah. in a lifetime that's just come and gone now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to find another way to get in there to Hollywood. I mean, getting your song in a commercial, you know mm-hmm. who does that? That band here for the Generationals. Do you know them? No. no. There are a couple of young guys. You don't know them either? Generationals? Isn't no. that their name? Chris? They were on our show here a couple, couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a couple Did you of make young that guys. Name up? Sure. <laughs> I think that's. Have I got that wrong, Chris? I think that's what they're called. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he's got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they're called. They're a couple, couple of kids from Baton Rouge, I think maybe, and hmm. they got their music all over the place. Really? Like in, in t- on commercials and yeah. Someone will tell me if that's wrong. Hey, what about playing another song for us before we have to get out of here? Yeah, what sure. We see, seeing your cousins are here. Who are your cousins that came in? Uh, well, they're at the bar. That's where usually my family hangs out. <laughs> well, who are they? Uh, distant cousins. I don't know their names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very nice of them to show up, though. Yeah, very nice. be supportive. It's a big thing. You family. know, I have to say, a lot of uh, relatives find me on Facebook, and they'll be like, what's up, cousin? And I'm like, are you really my cousin? We have the same last <laughs> name, but you they? never know. Oh, no, those two are. They really are your yeah. cousins. Hey, you have this. Hello. You have to. You have to. You have to <laughs> okay, why would you tell them to come over here? <laughs> if you like, don't know hey, that. what's up, guys? How are you? And your name? And I'll be like, you, you know. I'm just not going to say anything. You're not going to say anything. I'm going to make horrible. you introduce him. <gasps> no. I'm not gonna do that, really. <laughs> it's How horrible. many people? Do you have a You're the seventh kid. Mm-hmm. And have the, your other siblings had kids as well? Do you have. Oh, yeah. Whatever yeah, that's I called. Have about nieces. Hey, guys. 
nephews. Oh, you do look. There's a bit of a family resemblance, actually. <laughs> are you are you cousins exactly? I can't hear a thing. You have to talk into a <laughs> microphone. Just bend down and talk. My name is Javon D. Plan. I'm from New Orleans. And I miss my cousin. Aww. Okay. How'd you know I was here? Oh, you Heard that? Follow, there you go. Instagram. That's social media. Instagram. There you go. So you guys don't have Thanksgiving together or anything normal? Like oh, that? no. We're, we, we are, we're one of, what, two of 30? Yeah. 30 Yeah, cousins. we're a really big family. We're going other places. Okay. Yeah. Who's doing Thanksgiving this year? <laughs> Probably Uncle Kevin. Yeah. Uncle Kevin. Yeah, he's the okay. only one with the pool. So everyone's always like volunteering it. They're like, oh, Uncle people Kevin. Are, people don't usually go swimming. Well, it can <laughs> be warm on Thanksgiving Day, though. <laughs> you never know. Hey, look, here's the guy with the cash. Are you going to pay? Wait, look at this. Oh, what happened? What's up with the cash? Start making it rain. <laughs> just counting it. All I had was like 100. And then, like, they give you in the bar, right? And the lady's like, well, I got, oh, I don't got, I got five. And so I'm not talking they can't break 100 at Wayfair. So well, I mean, well, they think you just <laughs> printed it. That looks like exactly. real money to me. <laughs> it's not, it's not a bunch of money, dude. Yeah. It's not a, it's like you can tip your cousin. Well, hey, what's that? That's not my cousin. Come over here for a minute so we can <laughs> see so that can, money. Only because I have bad eyes. Move. No, you, you can put the money away if you want. I just want to ask you. I want to ask you a question about your shirt. You ask me a question about what? About your shirt. Talking to the microphone. Oh, this, this shirt. What is that? What is that little thing on your shirt? Oh, this is a um limited edition polo bear collection. <laughs> Did you it's make a that bear. Up? No, I didn't. It's polo bear. That's what it is. And I yeah, yeah. It. I've never seen it. I've never seen a guy wearing a, a pink shirt with a little bear embroidered it's on it. And it's not a little bear. It's a it's big, a big, big bear. bear. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a quite big bear. It's real fly. This he makes the fly. polo guy look yeah, like Yeah, well, I horse. noticed it, and right, I, I'm not right. So this, you're like a fashion guy. I got my moments. I got, you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got these judges on. I, these are just, I got the coal mines. I don't know if you keep up. Spend, bend down and talk no, about I'm not talking to the No, I don't, I don't keep up with anything. I got the, I got the coal mines <laughs> on. The car mines. The, yeah, the Jordan, Jordan, Michael Jordan. Right, yeah. Air Jordan car mines. And how much did you pay for that? Oh, that's pretty uh, regular price for them. How much are they? <laughs> uh, like 200 200 for a pair of sneakers. 185 185 And how much is the shirt? How much is the shirt? That's 100 bucks. 100 bucks for the shirt. Where'd you get Wait, that? Wait, what? What happened? Where did you get it? The sh- I can't tell you where I get it because I don't want... That, that's why you see It's a secret? It. Really? Yeah, that's why it's limited. It's a limited... <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you where I got the well, shirt. Well, I could that's Google it, you know. Well, you could, but you <laughs> still couldn't get this shirt. I couldn't get that shirt. It's the oldest shirt. I can tell you where you got your shirt. It's, it's like... On Bourbon Street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got your shirt on your body right here oh, on Red nice. Street. That's nice. right. Okay. Okay, I'm about to sing. Go away. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, anyway, thank you for the information about the shirt. Just, just, well, I'm going to have to Google bear, bear polo. Bear and it's got Ruffler a little, like, it's got, oh, an, it's got embroidered. Something is embroidered on the side of it, too. Yeah, it's the that they go, man. Okay, I'll let it go. Thank you. Thanks, cousins. See, though, they okay. have the pretty eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are you going to play? Um, you can talk out loud. We, not, like, okay. we, we don't mind. Let's do in your arms. Oh, let's do okay. a okay. love one. Okay. Wow. Yeah, to sort of write the balance from the heartbreak. Yeah, and do you, need, do you need a trombone accompaniment? Yes. yes. Start it up. <clears throat> I don't know how it goes. <coughs> <laughs> well, just warm up. Wing it, just wing it. <laughs> yep, just like that. Okay. <laughs> You're hired. Can you do a sousaphone? I'm higher than what? <laughs> <laughs> if you only you kept some of that joint from Bob Marley and you could have put that on eBay today, you think what you could get for that. Oh, man, I know. 
be amazing. Well, we could smoke it here. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. A million dollar joint. Did, did we invent the idea of passing it around in the West? I mean, that's not. No, I just don't think we had enough of it. Yeah. And we had to pass it around. Right. Down there, they had enough of it. So everybody had their own. But you must get much higher from smoking a whole giant joint. You think? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you get to a point where you can't get any higher or do you just get uh, totally? Yeah, you, you get to that point and then you go to sleep. <laughs> then you wake up and you start again. I've got another question, more questions about Bob Marley, but first of all, let's take a listen to the song. believe that you can do that and you <laughs> even think about doing an MBA. What a waste <laughs> of four years that must oh, have been. I know. Really? No. But I guess it stood you in good shape. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. You can so I much. tell everybody what I'm going to do right now after the show? What yeah. I'm going to send Robin more flowers. <laughs> 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 what a great way to end the show. We're going to get out of here and make way for some paying customers here at Wayfair. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me. It's been happy hour. It's been 60 minutes of it. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. That went by quick. I know. It does go by quickly. Thank you so much. My guests on Happy Hour today have been Rob Steinberg, Johnny Ray, Robin Barnes, and Pat Casey. Thank you so Thank much. It's been us. a great show. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Grant. Great host. I love having you guys. Hope you can all come back, actually. 
The producer of our show is Graham DuPonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director, and our music coordinator is Joshua Brown. The theme song that you're currently listening to was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. If you'd like to be on our show, you can sit up right around this table for about an hour. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website. You can also check out other happy hours on our website, as long as there are other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Ashudi live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the game with Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media on all of it where it's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show, find out what we all look like, and see how handsome they all are sitting around the table here looking at me. You can find those on itsneworleans.com, also on Facebook. These photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel, the man in the black glasses. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Swell, or some other podcast app that you like better, thank you so much for subscribing to our show. Please stop everything you're doing right now and take a moment to rate and review us. For real, that only takes one minute, and it really does help other people find us. Right, Johnny, with your 40 pages of five-star reviews. Is that true? You really have 40 pages of five-star reviews? I can only imagine. (laughs) Me too. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street. Wayfair is the home of the handcrafted food and spirits where they put fine dining into a sandwich, and that is the truth. Happy Hour is a production of I Know Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Andrew Duhon, who will be back here next week. Thank you too much, too, for Andrew for sitting in for me last week, and to Eve Trow as well for sitting in for me the week before. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next week at Wayfair for Happy Hour. <laughs>